Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. They came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up! On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus along the road. When we look here in the Gospel according to Mark, we find very few disciples, true disciples of Jesus. What we've been looking for in Mark is some example of good soil. In fact, we really only have four examples in the entire Gospel of Mark of soil that has any chance of being good. We've met three of them so far. We met this paralyzed man, right, whose friends dug through a roof to lower him down in front of Jesus. And on the day that Jesus healed him, he said to the friends, great is your faith. You remember that? There was a, a, a leader in a synagogue who asked him to heal his daughter. And on the way there, a woman sneaks into the crowd and she touches the hem of Jesus' garment and she is miraculously healed from a bleeding disorder she had had for 12 years. And Jesus says to her, your faith has healed you. Jesus was in Syrophoenicia, outside of, of Israel, on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. And he was doing ministry up there. We have no idea why he was there. The text tells us that he was in hiding, that he didn't want anybody to know he was there. And as he's walking down the road, this widow comes, and she's begging for her son to be healed, but she's not Jewish. And so Jesus ignores her for a period of time. And then finally, his disciples say, would you at least respond to her, Jesus? And so Jesus says to her, I'm not here for you. I'm here for the lost children of Israel. And she says, and, and he says, would it be good for me to throw the children's bread to dogs? And she says, even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And he says, okay, because you've said this, I'll heal your son. This great faith, right? And now for the fourth time, somebody's faith is saving. Somebody's faith is healing. Mark is going to try to help us understand what disciples really look like. And what we have here in the example of Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, is that there are two qualities that distinguish good soil in the Gospel according to Mark. Two qualities that distinguish good soil. And the first is this. Disciples are proactive. Disciples are proactive. Look again at Mark 10, beginning in verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. He shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him, make him come here. 
He took the only bit of clothing he had, this beggar, threw it away and ran to Jesus. Jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And then Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Rabbi, I want to see. We have been enculturated in our day but not because it's only true today. It's always been true. But for some reason, uh, we have embraced it as the way the world should be today. And we have this idea that love, whatever it is, always comes to us. We hear those stories, right? And the gospel seems to resonate with it if read in a certain way, right? We hear the story of the shepherd who has a hundred sheep. And 99 of those sheep, they're right there where they should be in the pasture, but one of those sheep wanders off. And what does the shepherd do? The shepherd leaves the 99, and he goes after that one lost and wayward sheep. And we think that's love. We hear the story of, of this woman who has a, a ceremonial headdress from her wedding that had 10 precious coins on it. And she lost one of those coins. And, and what does she do? Does she think, well, I still have nine? No, she doesn't think that. She becomes desperate and she tears the whole house apart looking for that one coin. And when she finds it, she rejoices over it. Like it's the most precious thing in the world because it was lost and now it's found, right? We hear that and we say, that's love. And in the church... We too assume that God's prophets, God's ambassadors, God's people, their responsibility is to make each one of us feel like the most important thing in the universe. And then we'll know God loves us. But look at this story. What we have to notice first is that Jesus was not in Jericho for the son of Timaeus. That's not why he was there. Some of you following the story, you know why Jesus was in Jericho. There are very few roads to get from Galilee where Jesus was into Jerusalem for the Passover, and that's where Jesus is headed. And so we've been told consistently that he's on his way to Jerusalem. And so he's not in Jericho for Bartimaeus. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for his death and his crucifixion, for the celebration of the Passover and all the things that are going to happen. And it just so happens that the son of Timaeus is in Jericho. And more than that, Jesus doesn't go looking for him. He doesn't go into Jericho. We have no story of Jesus saying, you know, there's a blind man here. Does anybody know where he is? And it didn't matter anyway because the son of Timaeus wasn't waiting for Jesus to find him. When he heard Jesus of Nazareth was somewhere in the area, the son of Timaeus started to scream. And then, when Jesus finally hears of this man's desperate attempts to get to him, Jesus doesn't go then either. Instead, he says, well, tell him, this is where I am. And Bartimaeus throws everything off and runs to him. And then when he's healed, Jesus says to him, your faith has healed you. This is good soil. Jesus tells stories in the other Gospels, and they're here too, we'll get to Mark. But he tells a story about a treasure buried in a field. And if you find out that there's a treasure buried in the field, a person would sell all that they have to buy that field and acquire its treasure. He tells a story of a pearl of great price. And when a man finds out that there's this pearl of inestimable value, and he wants it so desperately that he sells everything that he has to go and find that pearl and buy it. 
what I want you to see about this guy, this Bar Timaeus, this son of Timaeus, is that for him, when he found that pearl of great price, he went after it. This is good soil. Good soil does not let other people determine our faith in Jesus. Kingdom requests, the requests of disciples, are proactive. And secondly, disciples ask for transformation. Look at what this says. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. And you notice he follows Jesus. We have not had anybody else in the Gospel of Mark call Jesus the Son of David. Even Peter, at that wonderful moment where Jesus says to his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, You are the Christ, the Messiah. In one Gospel, the Son of the living God, but not in Mark. Mark just has him say, You are the Messiah. You are the Christ. But nobody called him the Son of David. But that's a very important title because that's what the Messiah was. The son of David, the heir of the line of David, the king who was going to come and liberate all people. And this guy knew who he was. And his physical condition also made him aware of what he needed from Jesus. And this blind man didn't need first to be forgiven. He didn't need first to receive eternal life. He didn't need first. He wanted to see. And what's interesting is that the disciples were just as blind as he was. But they did not know they needed to see. Their health confused them. And they didn't think they needed that from Jesus. But the physical situation of this son of Timaeus allowed him to see his need more clearly. And so he asked for his sight. Ben Witherington III, one of the commentators that I'm reading for this series, has said that this is the most winsome example of a disciple in the gospel according to Mark. And is it strange that the best example of a disciple in Mark asks to see? The essential discipleship question for Mark is the request to be healed. The request to be transformed. The problem, God didn't create humanity to die for their sins. God did not create you to save you from your sins. He wanted to create, according to Genesis, a being made in His image. You were created to be made in the image of God. See, this man kind of knew that in a way, because he knew there was something wrong with him that needed to be fixed. He was blind and he knew he needed to see. This is true of all of us. And every person in Mark who proves to be good soil asks the right question of Jesus. They don't ask Jesus, let me stay as I am, just make it not matter anymore. Forgiveness is a means to an end. We are marred and we are broken. We are blind, we are deaf, we are lame. Not all of us physically, but all of us spiritually. And those who have faith in Jesus always evidence at least two qualities. They chase after Him. They do not make Him pursue them. And they ask for healing. They do not ask for simply forgiveness. Kingdom requests, the requests of disciples are proactive and they are always 
transformative. We have gotten so good in our world at keeping dying things alive that we have, some of us, forgotten what it looks like to live. Jesus came to save us. Disciples want to be saved. They don't want to just be forgiven. They don't want to be left as they are. They want to be made whole again. That's what the faith that saves looks like. We can't earn it. We can't merit it. We can't work hard enough for it. But we must ask for it. Because what Jesus wants to do is to transform us, you and me. You and I already think we're the center of the universe. If God wants us to be transformed, Him coming to us will only affirm the worst thing about us. You and I are going to have to come to Him. Those who are disciples of Jesus, they don't allow the world in which they live, the people that they interact with, to hold them back from following the God of all creation who died for them. And that brings us to the final parable in Luke 15. I told the story of the sheep and the coin. But those were inanimate objects. They show the Father's heart for us. But the last parable in that story shows the Father's behavior toward us. And it's the parable of the lost son. The son comes to his father and says, I want my inheritance. And the father says, okay, you can have it. He takes it and he squanders it in wild living, bad living. And he finds himself desperately poor, living among unclean people, feeding pigs, and wanting to eat the pods that the pigs are eating, and realizing that he's at the end of himself. It says that the young man came to the end of himself, and he realized that even a slave in his father's house was better than this life of freedom that he had chosen. And so he got up, and he took that long walk back home. And he knew his father loved him, because when his father saw him coming, he didn't wait for him to come all the way. He ran to him, and he embraced him, and he called him a son. And he put his signet ring on him and he robed him. But what's important is that the father did not go finding that son. That son came back. I think the good news of the gospel is that he will run. He will not walk to bring you home. But you must seek him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the faith that saves. He came to save you, to transform us, to set us free. Have you asked Him to heal you? Like Bartimaeus, will you never stop asking until you get what you need? This is the faith that saves.